Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, it is also going pretty good. I had a, uh, I can't, I'm coming off of a uh, fresh 3-0 with Infect uh, from uh, Nebulous tonight, so I'm in good spirits. That's right. We were actually recording this as Zach like just walked through the door after a 3-0. So that means combined this week, we went 3-3. Three and three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, had o, I had an 0-3, so I'm glad you had a 3-0. You I win felt some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. That's Magic the Gathering. Well, I mean, you're warming up for this Star City team event, right? Like, yeah, a three yeah. O's got to feel pretty good. Um, it so. definitely, it definitely helps me uh, feel good about my deck choice because right now I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be on Infect, and hopefully, you know, the other two guys on my team don't play Magic as often as I do, and I'm hoping that that I will be able to coach them a little bit. Uh, after after I win or lose relatively quickly with Infect. Right. And uh, we'll see on Monday. Uh, Monday is a uh, banned and restricted up list update. Um, so we've got that coming up before your Star City Open, and we'll see if that even changes things for Infect. You know, or... Um, for the and better, also, hopefully. <laughs> for the better, yeah. And uh, so um, we also have a new set to talk about. We do. We do indeed. You know... I remember last, we did Ixalan. It was the same deal. It was like late at night, and I had like a huge list of cards. And I, by the end, I remember I just was like, I felt bad because I was like dragging you through, like, well, what if you played this kind of deck? That's not happening tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hey, we can do that tonight. I don't have to work tomorrow morning uh, at all. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll so let's see what jump happens. Into our, let's jump into our Rivals of Ixalan. Uh, I don't want to say preview, but I guess our set review for Legacy. Yeah. Now, I think I did this alphabetical order except for one card that I jumped all the way to the top. And that card is Merfolk Mistbinder. It is green and blue for a creature Merfolk Shaman, a 2-2. Other Merfolk you control get plus one, plus one. We are talking about this card first, Zach, because it is a green Merfolk Lord. So if there's a reason to play green and Merfolk at this point, this is it. So the question is, is this good enough to justify any of these other green Merfolk in the set? I I don't think so. I think uh, even it being a two-mana lord that doesn't give any other bonus, it doesn't give Island Walk, right? It -hmm. makes your deck less consistent because you're now playing green. And and yeah, you can get it off of Aether Vial or Cavern of Souls or like whatever weird artifact, you know, artifact, whatever weird land you're playing uh, to to produce multicolored mana. But it just, Merfolk doesn't need another one of these type of cards. It needs some more utility. Um, it needs more card draw or like a way to um, stop people from killing its guys, and this card doesn't do do that. It doesn't draw cards. It doesn't stop you from murdering a merfolk with a with a, you know like a fatal push or whatnot. So right. I think I think that this card is a hard pass, um, and I even think that that it's the same thing in I've he- I've heard some 
rumblings of people talking about playing merfolk in modern and, and splashing green. And I think that, again, that's a mistake. Like, it's white is the splash for that for that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, because Path to Exile is good, right? Um, white, get, white gives you sideboard options. Uh, not to get into a whole modern debate about uh, about this card, but I just don't think that uh, playing playing green uh, with Merfolk is is a thing outside of possibly standard. Maybe standard will have have a green Merfolk deck. But as the um, <laughs> Merfolk aficionado of this uh, podcast, I say a hard pass on this card. White also gets you summon the school, which creates which is like a Merfolk lingering souls. Um, but I don't think anyone ever is even playing that. But yes, yeah, I agree. And the reason I popped that up, we were going to talk about some bloomer folk that I found that were interesting, but there were a few green ones, but I just don't think any of them are going to make the cut on their own. Uh, this would be the thing that just like more lords, but you don't need lords. Like Mero Regery is probably if you like the third, it's as, as a third lord, it also does something else, you know? So yeah, probably better than the I mean, third color. It, it, just think about this. You've got you've got Lord of Atlantis. You've got Master of the Pearl Trident. Then you have the clones that you, that you bring in, in the form of uh, uh, what's called uh, Phantasmal Image. Then you have uh, the Mirror Regery. You know you're playing yeah. you're playing Trinity Nemesis, which now those cards all fill their sort of slots, right? Now mm-hmm. you've got a, you've got Silvergill Adept. Which is which is fine. Definitely play that card and Curse Catcher, which are great. Everything else in that deck is sort is sort of like counter magic, and you know what, I mean. What other creatures are in, are even in the deck at that point? It's it's mostly just counter magic at that point. That's like what forty cards right there that I just mentioned. Yeah, a new Merfolk would have to be really good. I don't know how many people are even playing the Phantasmal Image, and I guess you would be Im- imaging. This would be the image slot. But even then, like you'd rather just image a true name. Yeah, you just image a true name. Like that's that's what makes that those two cards so good together. Is like yeah. you turn three true name, and after you've like your turn one is vile, turn two is uh, adept or or a lord, right? And then mm-hmm. your turn your turn three is cast a uh, a true name and clone it, and then like <laughs> you're, you you just have two four twos that your opponent can't kill. You know, sitting on the board, and it's it's impossible for for him to come back from that. That's that's a moderately okay uh, three turn like clock for uh, for Merfolk. Yeah, no, totally agree. So let's move on to some cards that I, I I'm sort of excited about. This card was spoiled, I think, right before, right as we were ending our podcast last week, uh, and I was. It's the kind of card that I'm sort of like eh, at first, and I was, and I read it, I thought, and I was like, hmm, maybe. Azor the Lawbringer, two generic mana, two white and two blue. For a legendary creature Sphinx, it is a 6-6 with flying. When Azor the Lawbringer enters the battlefield, each opponent can't cast instant or sorcery spells during that player's next turn. Whenever Azor attacks, you may pay X white, blue, blue. If you do, you gain X life and draw X cards. So... My friend, uh, one of my friends at the store, Josh Snow, plays Miracles. He plays uh, Karanos in his deck, like just mainboard Karanos. And I don't think I would have thought a second about this Azor if it wasn't for that. Mm-hmm. Like, Karanos is a good card and everything, and I know, but like, this thing, if you're in that control, like long game, real grindy game, right, where you just like exhausted their resources, and then you've got to do something to win, you know? Yeah. 
and you're going to have some amount of Jace, and you're going to have Entreat the Angels, but maybe you also have this just for fun. It comes down, and they can't kill, they're not going to kill it. Like, they have to have swords in hand your t- on your and turn. On tap and on you yeah, yeah. And on tap land, and you have you can have counter magic back while you're doing this, by the way, or counterbalance, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to kill the next turn unless they're fun, and they're playing Oblivion Ring, or something like that, right? They're not going to cast Brainstorm the next turn to dig for their answer, because they can't cast instant or sorcery spells. And then the next turn, you are going to attack for six and Sphinx's Revelation for three or four. Like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing Someone's is, is in, in Legacy, in you can you can do that. You can tap out against your opponent if you have a six mana 6-6 six, six in play already. You just attack... You draw three. Oh, look at that. Three of those cards were were a blue card and a force of will. Or you had a blue card in your hand, you drew a force of will, and now you can protect it again. You know, like, I don't know. Yep. It's it, it's good. This card's not, not like, I wouldn't say, like, play this against Storm. It's so good. But it <laughs> does allow you to drop this and know that you're not going to lose the next turn to Storm. That's, that is not nothing, right? Yeah. Now, if you have six mana against Storm as a control deck, you've already won. But <laughs> honestly, uh, yes. Yeah. But uh, but I think it is I think it is interesting for those long grindy games. I mean, can't cast instant or sorceries really stops a lot of what decks are trying to do. I mean, you're gonna have to attack him with Baleful Strix, but or something like that. But I don't know. You've got so much stuff in your deck anyway. Like. I just feel like this is the kind of thing that could be in that Karanos Baneslayer Angel slot and is and is sweet. Like, yes, this isn't probably objectively the best thing to be doing, but it's sweet. Yeah, like, it's pretty does rad. Does that count for yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think this is a card <laughs> that, like, I, you know, you're not going to see in every single Miracles list or whatever, but occasionally someone's going to want some spice, and this card's spicy. Card's very spicy. Yeah, your Stoneforge decks with Nahiri, the uh, Lithomancer, is that kind of slot. So, Okay, Journey to Eternity. <laughs> this is a one blue and a black legendary aura. Enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature dies, return it to the battlefield under your control. Then return Journey to Eternity to the battlefield transformed under your control. It transforms into Atzal Cave of Eternity, which is a legendary land that taps for one mana or of any color... And for three black green and a tap, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. I mean, here this is your chance to say, I would play this in Nick Fit. I would play this <laughs> in a lot of times. Okay, now this is not one of those things where you jam four of them. But this is one of those things that goes in that toolbox of cards that if you're in this sort of black green Deathrite Shaman grindy deck, this goes in your sideboard for the mirror. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a, a freaking nightmare in the mirror. If you put it on your death right on turn two <laughs> against like a lightning bolt deck, I mean, come on, you're attacking with your death right, which is funny, or sacrificing it to Cabal Therapy or something, and then this thing reanimates at instant speed. I mean, that's pretty sick. So I don't know if it goes in that box, but this is the kind of this is a cool card. It's an interesting card to say the least. Uh, I, I mean, is it legacy playable? I think in the right deck, it's at least it's at least a card that you can throw in as as a, a weird one of, 
that uh you know for especially for those grindy matchups uh that that will do its job how often do you fight against another grindy matchup it, it i guess it depends on wh- what your win loss record is with with your green black deck <laughs> well when i played bug mid-range at grand prix uh las vegas i played all grindy matchups <laughs> so, so there you go that's what are coming in every game yeah those fluster storms did nothing for me that that day um, a lot of these cards are going to be like, this is like a spicy one of, which oh, is, yeah. you know, not great, but what, what can you do? Um, okay. Our next card is Crafty Cut Purse. Now I just got to find it. I got to scroll way down here. Crafty Cut Purse, three and a blue. For a creature human pirate is a 2-2 with flash. When Crafty Cut Purse enters the battlefield, each token that would be created under an opponent's control this turn is created under your control instead. Uh, this is not going to be played. I just, I don't know, stealing a Merit Lage seems kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's a best case scenario for sure. Entreat the Angels is also a card in Legacy, should be noted. So, Lingering Souls, this really snipes that kind of stuff. I don't know, maybe there's some blue deck that keeps this as Merit Lage tech. Um, sort of like Teleman Performance is that kind of like show and tell tech for Storm. Or against for Storm against certain decks. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's, I it's, <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. I I I'm not going to say <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting card, and it has uh, it has a couple of weird applications. Uh, I mean, is there a deck for this card specifically? Not exactly, but I think that uh, it's it, again it's it's a card to put in your toolbox. See, it's a good card for pirate stuffy. Um, Blood Sun. This one is going to get some run. Two and a red. Yeah. For an enchantment. When Blood Sun enters the battlefield, draw a card. It's already good. Would you just play this card if it was two and a red sorcery for draw a card? No. If you're a red maybe. (laughs) Right. All lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. So, what's, when when are you you doing this? What what is this? What kind of deck wants this? I, I, okay, so... Uh, I, there's a there's a heated debate going online right now about whether or not this is uh, playable in like a rug delver as like a one of against lands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does does you know Big Red want one one or two of these cards in their main as like a Blood Moon like nine ten uh, against cer- certain decks decks? Not really, but it does. It's important to note that this does stop fetch lands. It stops fetch lands. I mean, the thing is, you you need your ninth and tenth way to stop fetch lands in the big red decks. What, what is this better than that they're already playing? Like maybe Trinisphere. I don't know. Which is also, you know, it's just like more redundancy where Trinisphere is sort of different. Mm-hmm. They even have it. I'm I'm with you on this on this Rug Delver sideboard or Grixis Delver sideboard. We're going to talk about tournaments later. And like lands is really good. <laughs> it's really good against that deck. And I don't think you can do enough to fight it if you're planning on winning a tournament, right? Like, or if you're planning on getting to the late tables, like, Lance is going to be there. Like, there's not a lot of people running around with tabernacles, sure. But the people that are make it to the late rounds. And point, point of fact, this does not affect tabernacle in any way, shape, or form. No, I'm pretty sure it does affect. Oh, it does. Maybe it's like, it just yeah, loses, it loses that ability. Is literally a blank card. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Well, actually, that's it's it's the best case scenario against that card. It doesn't even make it tap for a red mana. 
doesn't make it bad for Red <laughs> But the thing is, like, since yes, you're gonna lose your fetch land. People, well, you're gonna lose your fetch lands and your wastelands. Like, you've got yes, three mana. You rug Delver. You don't care, right? Most Delver decks don't care. They have three mana. The other thing is, like, uh, I mean, you can use your, you can still have access to your colors. The other thing is, like, that's way better than like not than like dying. You know, like, yeah. oh, I can't fetch. Well, I guess I'm not. I mean, would you rather not be able to fetch or die? Like, because you're gonna die. They're gonna they're gonna get Tabernacle and Maze and Ghost Quarter and all their horrible House of Horrors, and then they're gonna make a 2020, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why Lands is so good, and this is the kind of thing like you play it as a one of. It replaces itself. I mean, I don't think that can. It's not like you know nothing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is this doesn't cost you a card really. Um, I think that's that's its possible home. Like these kind of red decks that don't really want to play Blood Moon, but need to fight lands, of which there are many. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like I, 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 that's where I'm. That's where I am. So I, I'm looking to try it out. I might try it out. I don't. Land players. I don't hate this so. card. I I think that it's it's fine for what for what it's trying to do, and it's an interesting. It's an interesting answer to uh, lands. It's an interesting answer to uh, one part of death and taxes. Um, you know, it also like it, it. It just it's just an overall neat utility card that like you know harkens back to an era of old for sure. Like blood sun. We're not we're not <laughs> the the irony is not lost. Not on subtle. Us, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, you know. As soon as that card got printed, everyone was like, "Well, I, let me read this real fast." Um, yeah. You know, uh, it would be really funny if they put out a card called Good Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's um, a Pale Moon. Like, I wish that was a permanent. But well, well, there's Bad Moon, right? Like, Bad Moon, Good Moon is just like a white version of Bad Moon. Um, well, that's what's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Crusade but, is a white version. But, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the, the, the Cult to Old, and it shows me that... Uh, that people are people in development are at least are at least aware of older sets, which sometimes scares me. Like you know, you're like, how old is this guy de- doing doing this set? And you're like, I don't know. There's a bunch of like, you know, I'm I'm not a millennial, so you know, uh, <laughs> going going and being like, oh, there's a bunch of guys that are way younger than me developing magic sets. Do they even have they ever even cast an Alio pile? Uh, you know, like, uh, th- so that sort of thing, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see, uh, you know, uh, some, somebody there with some chops is, de- is de- designing card, which is nice to see. Right. Okay. Induced amnesia, two and a blue enchantment. When induced amnesia enters the battlefield, target player exiles all cards from his or her hand face down, then draws that many cards. When induced amnesia is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return the exiled cards to their owner's hand. Uh, I put this on here because it combos with Leovold and Notion Thief. That's on color. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. you mind twist them. Uh, and then, you know, they draw Abrupt Decay with their one card. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so pretty whatever. good. But, yeah, um, okay. but the other thing I like about this is it sort of has like this. It might even be like legacy playable as like a new memory jar kind of thing. Isn't there a card that's like either bounce a permanent or like it's like counter target spell sacrifice a you know a permanent or something like that or like draw a card sacrifice a permanent that is interesting to point out i didn't think of that but so you cast this you exile your hand and then 
if you can get this thing out of the battlefield, you can just put your cards back. You don't discard the cards you draw, right? Yeah. You can go So off. you sacrifice this to, like, uh, Oratog. I, it just That's a joke, but, you know. And then you can cast, like, if you now, if you, you're right, if you can bounce it, you just cast it again and you draw twice as many cards. Yeah. Well, and then you. <laughs> think, think about it like this. Like, let's say you have induced amnesia out and you have some way of, like, you, you're like, oh, I'll recall myself um, and then I'll cast uh, induced amnesia because I didn't see what I wanted. I'll get rid of those cards. Oh, look at that. I've got, like, 11 cards to deal with or whatever, you know, like. Some 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 amount of cards, and you're like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll play these moxes or whatever. Uh, I'll bounce induced amnesia. I'll recast. You know, like there's there's some well, shenanigans. Vapor, yeah, chain of vapor. There's some <laughs> shenanigans you can play with uh, with this card. So uh, I don't. I mean, I don't think that it's going to see vintage play, but it might. It might be a card that uh, it makes its way in there. Keep this on the radar. That's what I say. Well, it's, it's like that Shadow of the Grave or whatever the thing was that returned all the cards you discarded. If there's a card that can be broken, it's this, but it probably won't be broken. Is yeah. that sort yeah. of a thing? Like, exactly. You could break this, and this someone could break this who really works hard on it, yeah. right? I don't think this is the uh, paradoxical outcome of this set. No, right. Uh, dire Fleet Daredevil. Wanted a red for a creature human pirate is a 2-1 with first strike. I love this. When Dire Fleet Daredevil enters the battlefield... Exile target instant or sorcery card from an opponent's graveyard. You may cast that card this turn, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast that spell. If that card would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. This is a snapcaster that works on your opponent's graveyard. Yeah, that is... But it's sorcery speed. It, it is sorcery <laughs> speed. Um, it's, it's interesting because, like... I mean, obviously you're not going to countering anything with it, but... You know, like, think about, you know, let's say you're playing this card and, you, you know, you're you're a pile deck and you play this as like a one-of, right? And uh -huh. you happen to counter your opponent's reanimate on his Grizzle Brand. And then you cast this next turn to reanimate your opponent's Grizzle Brand. Oh, that would be the worst. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> no, that is, that is, that is true. This card could be played. I mean, yeah. there's, it's relevant, right? It's as relevant as the card Stifle is, right? Where it's like Stifle, like, you know, you're probably going to play against Fetchland, so Stifle is good. Mm -hmm. And you're probably going to play against Instance or Sorcery, so this is good. Yeah, and, and probably Instance or Sorceries that are really, <coughs> really good to cast. Like, at the very least, you're going to get a Ponder, right? At the best, you're going to put your opponent's Grizzlebrand into play. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I think that this, that this card has some legs. And it's a, and it's a first striker, too. So, like, you know, it's not just a totally dead card. You're, you're just like, well, I just need to do a thing. You know, I, I don't know. I guess Big Red could definitely play this, right? Yeah. Um, I guess the thing is, like, you're going to place, you're going to max out on Snapcasters first and what kind of deck plays a, a two-mana 2-1 two that does this that isn't already playing for Snapcaster and you probably don't need to snipe your opponent's graveyard. The thing is, so maybe, I mean, like, I'm not, like, Jund, right? Like, mm -hmm. a Jund deck or something like that would have to, we could play this mm -hmm. um, for value. What it does that I do think is interesting, though, is that it does pressure your opponent's Snapcaster mage. The problem being uh, that they can Snapcaster and cast the spell in response and fizzle this. 
Now, if you bring this in and the trigger targets a sorcery, they actually can't do that. So that you would, this would come in, you'd exile their ponder, or you target their ponder. If they flash in the snapcaster and target the ponder, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you can't cast a sorcery cast speed a sorcery spell before this, re- yeah, yeah. before this resolves. So... Oh wait, no. Actually, that's not right. No, scratch all that. Sorry, we have to cut all that because it's you—it's not you cast it automatically. It's you may cast that card this turn. So yeah, never mind. Um, though I do think it still doesn't work with the sorcery because by the time if you do it on your turn, you have to do it on your turn. Um, by the time the dust settles, you get priority first and you can cast their sorcery. So and it exiles the card. Yeah, I mean, so, giving give flash them back. flashing in a snapcaster and targeting their sorcery, they still couldn't cast it on your turn. They still can't cast it on your turn, and they actually will. You will still be able to get casted because this ability, so snapcaster ability will resolve, give the thing flashback, then this will resolve and exile it anyway. Okay, so never mind. So it's not it's not the worst if you hit if you go for a sorcery, it's good. I think this is a this is a, an interesting <laughs> card to throw into to, to big red, and it might be a neat one of to see in pile. Yeah, it, it, again, we're talking about cards like that all night, right? Just yeah. like yeah, maybe this will be interesting as a one of someone will spice things up with this. Um. Mastermind's Acquisition, two black black sorcery. Choose one. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand and shuffle your library. Or choose a card you own from outside the game and put it into your hand. So it's a Diabolic Tutor with a with a wish with no strings attached. Also available to you. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing I can see doing for this card is taking one of your uh, Star Trek cards and putting it directly into your hand. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so uh, it looks like a transporter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, definitely just Starship Enterprise attack you for like 400. Um, okay. No, uh, but th- no, this card's interesting. Uh, I just can't think of any reason why you would want this over a, you know, like over a wish in like a storm deck uh that you that you've already built your deck around you know well so you can get a sorcery or an instant or a land i mean true <laughs> like maybe i mean what about vintage storm decks right like cuz they've got more things they might want to be flexible with like stick a tolarian academy in the sideboard and grab it um, if they have a bunch of artifacts in play, the vintage people are gonna kill me for suggesting this, but I'm just, I'm just I don't know. It's a it's diabolic tutor, which is not good, but it's got like unconditional wish attached, which is okay. I mean, it's flexible. Yeah, dark that, petition I mean, is played is now. Dark flexible. petition is two mana less when it resolves, or yeah, two mana less when it resolves. Um. But if it doesn't resolve, then you know you're still down. Like I don't know. Um, and you might not always want a dark petition. I don't know. Dark petitions played. It's super could, good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> cards, it is really good. good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's idea with that? Uh, let's go for Sphinx's decree. Each opponent can't cast. Oh, sorry. One of the on a white sorcery. Each opponent can't cast instant or sorcery spells during that player's next turn. So this is that Azor trigger, but on the card. Yeah. Um. I, I dig this, but I don't know, like. So I definitely think that it's like a weird. If I just wish it said draw a card, you know. Yeah, that was the thing that I was like. I kept thinking it did. I would. Like, well, clearly you draw a card for this, right? Yeah. If, if you drew a card, 
I would feel like this is it. Like this card's great. Like you can play this. It, I mean, do you? I, I don't know how how long ago it was that people were casting. Uh, what was the name of that card? Uh, not waylay. Not tariff. Um, silence. No. Well, silence was was the was the uh, like reprint of that of that concept. But uh, oh, peace talks. No, Peace Talks. So Peace Talks came out uh, about the same time as that card. Anyhow, it basically did abeyance? this, but it abeyance, yeah, and it drew you a card. Like, why yeah. would you play this when you can play abeyance? So I guess this is a standard version of abeyance. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't think it's it's gonna do anything. I put it on here because it's a tool that you can put in your toolbox, right? Yep. Seafloor Oracle, two blue blue creature, Merfolk Wizard, two three. Whenever a merfolk you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Uh, this is that merfolk draw engine you were talking about. It is yeah, four mana. It's four <laughs> mana, man. I just, uh, I, I feel like, can you, I don't know. Like, merfolk is playing Chalice these days, so I don't think this is the worst. But, like, I don't know, for four mana, if you have four mana and you're alive and you're casting another merfolk after this, I feel like you've already won. This seems like such a win more <laughs> card, right? Like, right. You're yeah. either, Are you putting Vial on four ever? Like, you're yeah, never doing well, that's that. the thing is, like, if you put Vial on four, wh- what else can you even do with four ma- with like four on Vial? Like, nothing. So I would have looked to see if there's another four mana merfolk in the, in the game. Yeah. Well, there's... There's there is at least one because I think we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> Benthic explorers a merfolk. Benthic explorers oh, a is a, is a merfolk. But Empress we have Lina is a five mana merfolk. There, there's an uncommon in this set that we're going to talk about. That uh, it? It, it does offer a, a similar draw engine effect, and it is a merfolk. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, that is a merfolk. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm glad you looked ahead. Anyway, yeah, C4 Oracle, unfortunately, probably just not that good. Uh, not good enough, I should say. Uh, let's see, where are we? Riverwise Augur? Oh, I knew. <laughs> so I, I put that, I just read that card, C4 Oracle, I never actually put it on the list. How funny <laughs> is that? I just remember thinking whether or not it should be on the list. Riverwise Augur. So this is a find that. four man. Oh, there we go. Here's the four yeah. man of Merfolk. <laughs> four man of Merfolk. Uh, you know, three and a three and a blue, uh, creature merfolk wizard. So two relevant creature types. Uh, right. it's a two two that brainstorms. Yeah. It when it comes to play, it casts brainstorm basically. So for uh three extra mana, you can get a gray ogre attached to your brainstorm. Um, which is the same cost as casting gray ogre and brainstorm. In the yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like you know, it's it's two cards combined into one card. Um, and, you know, a relevant creature type. Nobody wants to cast an ogre. Um, well, the wizard is more important than the merfolk here, right? Yeah, I think, like, I think so, yeah. I just if don't... there's ever, like, a wizard deck, but four is just too much. I wish, if this were legendary, I would play it with Caracas. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or you could just blink it. You could blink it with something. You would just cast Brainstorm every turn if you didn't have Fetchlands in your deck. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is... Well, let's start with if you play it in Merfolk, you it, you you're not going to get that benefit of being able to fetch stuff away. <laughs> That's right. You know, not. Fetch lands in Merfolk. Yeah. Um, well, the, here's the thing. Here's a wizard. Here's a two power wizard that does this effect for one blue blue, and has flash. <laughs> so, 
Uh, you have to have a brainstorm in your graveyard, but you just snap cast your brainstorm and you get the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's all, but this is all in one card. If the wizard deck ever takes off, this might be one of, there's probably a better four mana wizard to draw cards though, right? Um, like there's probably like a four mana wizard that just like draws you two cards or something. <laughs> yeah, that seems, that seems like it's, you're probably right. But like for five mana, you can cast uh, Teferi. <laughs> that card's all around better. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, I mean, wizards. You could bounce the, bounce this guy with your uh, what's it called? Uh, Venser. That's <laughs> right. Right, Venser's there. It only costs you eight uh, mana to do this every turn. Let's see. Yeah, there's not. There's probably not anything great here. I'm looking at four mana wizards. <laughs> Look at this is what we were for, we're reduced to with this set. I'm looking at four mana wizards to see if any of them draw a card. Yeah, <laughs> draw, I'm gonna... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a hard pass on the Riverwise Augur here, as far as uh, cards that could possibly be played in uh, in Legacy. Yeah. Okay, wow, I'm skipping a lot of stuff here. Ravenous Chupacabra. Did you he, did you get did you hear about this card with Patrick Sullivan? I haven't read the article yet, but I've heard uh, murmurings of of what's going on, and I I, I do sort of agree with what I've heard. Uh, he said, which is basically like in standard, everything is a Muldrifter. Everything's a Muldrifter. Well, let's read how Muldrifty this is. Because <laughs> this two black and a black creature beast horror. When Ravenous Chupacabra enters the battlefield, destroy target creature and opponent controls. It is a 2 2. So, Patrick Sullivan's point was nice, nice dinosaur. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got this. Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, Necrotal exists. Necrotal doesn't hit black creatures, and this hits. This hitting a black creature actually does push it in legacy a little bit because of the problem cards like Gurmag Angler, Grizzlebrand, Death Right Shaman, uh, Shaman, and Leovold. Like yeah. those are all pretty good to be hitting with this kind of comes into play effect that you cannot get. Um, not all of them can be flamed on Kavud. Beast Horror is like the worst combination of of. Well, it's not the worst combination of. Uh, of uh, creature types to be played, but the I fact that this card was so polarizing uh, was just so interesting. As we, you know, we'll, we've talked about that, like you know, you just keep accumulating value, keep accumulating value, and that's where its synergy gets that gets pushed out. So maybe the maybe the rant will go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting card. There's just there's just not enough. Here's the thing: like Baleful Strix at blue black is essentially destroying a creature that opponent controls, and it draws a card, and it's blue, and it flies, and it comes down two turns earlier. So, but you can't that, play it. But in that's standard. the problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't play it in standard. No, Ravage Chupacabra, not a I'm thinking not a leg, not a modern card or vintage card either. So whatever. Legion Conquistador, uh, two and a white. For a creature, vampire, soldier, it's a 2-2. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for any number of cards named Legion Conquistador. Reveal them, put them in your hand, and shuffle your library. This card is on, the, I, I'd said, because there is a soldier stompy deck. And this draws you more soldiers. <laughs> it does indeed. Uh, I didn't I didn't re- really think of it like that. I saw this as a too expensive, non-flying... Uh, squadron Hawk. Squadron Hawk. <laughs> Well, the reason I mentioned I would have I would have said that, except there is a soldier deck, and like there's a soldier recruiter, or uh, soldier uh, not recruiter, ringleader yeah. that's in that deck. 
So, like, you know, this would be a nice... And then you've got, like, two things that give you card advantage, um, a little bit of card advantage, and you're just plopping them down with, you know, either vial or whatever you have. Um, actually, I'm not sure if that deck plays either vial, but... Anyway, that's out there for you. Draw three Legion Conquistors. Uh, the second one doesn't look so good, but whatever. It, it's going to gain plus one, plus two from your uh, Soldier Lord. I forget what it's called. Uh, Miscloaked Herald. This is a one mana. This is a one blue mana for a one one Merfolk Warrior. Miscloaked Herald can't be blocked. I feel like there was a. I feel like this card might have actually been an actual Ixalan. I feel like I remember. Now I'm, now I'm getting deja vu that I said. Would you just play this so that if you're to play against the non-island deck, you can get unblockable? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that it was, but I. I, I don't. I, I. Yeah, dude, Merfolk does does this already, and any deck that you're playing against that that can block your Merfolk, you're generally just like whatever. I'll just play this unblockable Merfolk called Trudy Nemesis. So this card doesn't. <laughs> This card doesn't do enough. Like as a as a one one that your opponent isn't blocking. Like if he really cared, he'd just get rid of it. Right, <laughs> it's a one one. Well, it's a two. It's a two two on turn two probably. Yeah. Uh, Stormfleet Sprinter. Oh, where was that? I like this card. Um, Stormfleet Sprinter. One blue red for a creature human pirate. Two two with haste. Stormfleet Sprinter can't be blocked. Uh, it's um. I don't know. I don't know. Blue red, some sort of blue red fast deck. This thing can't be blocked. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it, that's where I got. That's where I got this. It's tough because, like, what do we? You know, there's no situation where we care that much in blue red about like making sure that like two damage gets through to you for three mana. We'd rather just you know, for three mana, we'll we'll play a three one that can't be blocked. Uh, I think I I think I originally thought like. Uh, Storm Chaser Mage uh, is two power for, or I'm sorry, it's one power for two mana, mm -hmm. and you need to have another spell to trigger the prowess to get the two through. And playing blue red sometimes Storm Chaser Mage is either like the best card you can draw or like the worst card you can draw. It's one or the other. It's like never both. Um, yeah, that's not that's not good. Uh, and then I'm gonna wrap it up with well, we're not gonna wrap it up because I do want to ask you if we skipped anything, but. Silent Gravestone. This is a one-mana artifact that says cards and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. Four tap. Exile Silent Gravestone and all cards from all graveyards. Draw a card. Hmm. Um, There's a lot well, of I'd rather play Relic. What's that? There's a lot of what? There's a lot of like I'd rather play Relic. Yeah, the but you can't re your opponent can't play as Deathrite Shamans with this out. Well, he can. He just has, you know, squires. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Relic is, well, the, why do you need Graveyard Hate in Legacy? What, what, what are you, or in any format, really? What are you, what are you worried about, right? Yeah. And let's put it in percentage terms. What about cards that target cards in the graveyard? How much of a concern is that, like percentage-wise, out of a hundred? I like, mean, what, what? Do you, you Might mean be like, like as as board cards? What I'm saying is like, what do you want from? What do you want your graveyard hate to do? You know, what are you trying to get it to stop? Well, by and, and large, you want you want it to stop your opponent from doing whatever he's doing, and maybe not stopping you from doing what you're doing. Well, you want, and the thing is that they're that you're scared of is that they're going to target 
their card in the a card in the graveyard. And then you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. Like they're like Deathrite Shaman, Reanimator, Snapcaster Mage, right? Sure. You're worried they're gonna do that. Mm-hmm. What what percentage of the time? Seventy percent. Yeah, I think right? I think more often than not, that's that's the worry. Unless you're playing against Rug Delver, then this card's not that good of a sideboard card against them. But until you get four mana, it's good. <laughs> in yeah, I mean at that point you're you're yeah it's gonna get stifled. Well, you play this okay, so you play this in Rug Delver exactly. Is, is yeah, the point, yeah, right. Um, what else are you afraid they might do? Well, they might cast a card in a graveyard, right? Sure. I mean, if, um, they, if they can do that, if they can flashback a card in the graveyard and they're not giving it flashback, right? Right. That's that's so, a problem. It that's does... your Cabal Therapy, your Dread Return, Lingering Souls, and that's it. Well, luckily, luckily, Dread Return uh, is is already turned off by this, so you don't have to like pay the mana to exile this card anyhow with Dread Return. Right. Dread Return so, is a okay. specific example, though. So there's that percentage. Let's say, so let's say like whatever, seventy five percent of the time you're worried they're going to target a card in the graveyard with Death Rite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you know, fifteen percent of the time you're worried they're going to flash. They're going to have a flash. They're going to have flashback mm-hmm. equity. Right? Then the other ten percent of the time is delve or threshold. Delve or threshold. Right. Exactly. Not the reliquary. Threshold type effects. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, this stops the most common thing you're worried about. For one mana, mm-hmm. right? And then it has an escape hatch later on, right? Yeah. You see what I'm now, now do you see where I'm, where I'm getting here? Yeah. So, so, okay, so what are you comparing it to? We're comparing it to Graft Digger's Cage, which is the current thing in Rug that you stop creature cards. So that stops creatures from entering, and it stops mm-hmm. Snapcaster Mage from working. does not stop Deathrite Shaman from working. So I guess, I guess my point is, this is this is one of those things where you're manip you have to manipulate your sideboard to sort of understand what it, what am, what am I going to be facing and how many times am I going to bring this in and not my cage and how many times do I bring my cage in and not this. And is right? is this card any better than surgical extraction? Well, it ha- would have to be better than surgical extraction because this turns off surgical extraction. Of course, yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like, so, so you want it? Yeah. Are th- there there are cases where like, okay, do you you know what decks do you bring this in against? What decks do you bring surgical extraction in against? Right? Because surgical extraction is a card that you can cast on turn zero uh, against your opponent as he's going off. Whereas this card does take a turn. Um, also, like this card uh, is. This card's fine against like life from the loam, right? Uh, so that's fine, but it's not great against uh, the what is it? Fire uh, punishing fire. Punishing fire. Digger's cage also does nothing against punishing fire. Yeah, now, right. Yeah. So that there's there's your there's your thing. This does you know if you have four mana against lands. Yeah. This does nab their punishing fire if it's in the graveyard in response to the trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think there's. This card would. It was. This card's great. This card is terrible. This it's, is what always happens with cards like this. You know, mm-hmm. Blood Sun is another example. Like, well, such and such is better. Well, such and such is better if you know you're facing, you know, X deck, right? Yeah. Or you're playing X deck, right? Like, Graft Digger's Cage in your Nimble Mongoose deck is good, right? Um, just because it it's a way for you to stop that you know from happening without nuking both graveyards um but and it also stops whatever uh what's that card called natural order right 
which you should be able to daze anyway. But yeah. Um, so this is like your this is a like I don't know. So this does like some of that stuff. It has that escape hatch if you get to four, which it's also trinket mageable, which is you know something. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm 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 curious by this card. I, I will probably this is one of those things. I'm gonna you order, you put it in your box, and maybe sometimes you're like, ooh, Silent Gravestone is what this deck wants, right? Yeah. So it stops the thing that they that you're worried about. Um, and then you have your, and then like I can get to four mana enough to blow the escape hatch and draw a card. I think, I mean, I, I can't say for definite, but I think I like this in rug better than I like Graft Digger's Cage because the deck that Graft Digger's Cage is like versus this is good against is elves, and you're generally already losing that match. Um, whereas this makes you pretty good against everything else and doesn't affect you at all. Right? And gives you the ability to Unless you to blow like, the escape hatch. Yeah, and gives you the ability to blow the escape hatch and draw a card if you really need it. And if you have four mana, you probably need to draw a card to find yeah. something that's not a yeah, land. No joke. Yeah, you're you're like praying that you can find a land. <laughs> well that's well here's the thing too, like if you're already willing to play Hooting Mandrills in your rug deck with Nimble Mongoose, mm-hmm. right? You can cast your mandrills and then play and then blow that escape hatch, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And you already then you've still got a four four. So, I don't know. I think this card's interesting. I, I, I can you can see those rug sideboards uh, as decks being played more get to that like fifteen one ofs level pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anything else you wanted to mention? Um, wrap up. I think. Uh, I mean, uh, card name of the of the set. Swab Goblin. Uh-huh. That's Wait, right there. What is it? Swab Goblin, right up there with Garbage Swab. Fire, as far as I'm concerned. Garbage Fire and Hot Soup. Yeah. Swab Goblin. There's a form of the dinosaur. I just could not bring myself to review form of the dinosaur. <laughs> no, form of the dinosaur is trash. Yeah. Um, there were some. I mean, there were some cards that, if I was in a better mood, I would have been like, "We could try this," but I, I don't. I, I would. I would try this or something. You know. Yeah. Oh, I can see this working. And I think the big, the fundamental problem is that the the main effect, the main uh, 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 what's the word here, ability or keyword here is ascend, which requires you to control ten or more permanents. That's just not a and, legacy thing. Well, the thing is, decks that get ten or more permanents don't need like a two one that gains flying. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or, like if you have ten like, permanents on the board, they're probably goblins. Right, or like, I mean, Miracle's going to have like a Brazilian lands and land. Like, there's a lands card, or like there's a land that is five-tap draw a card if you have the, the City's Blessing, but... You, you've made it, it into that point of the game. If you're Miracles, you're already good. Like, the, is well, that a like, Miracle's Mirror card? There is one other card that I think we should mention, actually. Yeah, actually, okay. Um, Immortal Sun. Uh, uh, yeah, for, was, for well, a while ago. I yeah, yeah. About it. Yeah. It, this, yeah, I almost forgot about this, but this is this is a card that I think is going to make make its way into uh, a. So we haven't talked about the the banning situation yet, and I do want to get to that a bit. But I think that if uh, something happens to Workshop in this banning cycle, Immortal Sun is going to play a little bit of a role uh, because it's going to it's going to be like another role player in that deck, not like a four of. Obviously, because also because it's legendary, but um, I think it's I think it's a card that like has uh, it has some play in in the deck, and it, it does things that the deck wants to do. Well, let's see what it does. It's a six mana legendary artifact, 
Players can't activate Planeswalker's loyalty abilities. At the beginning of your draw step, draw another card. Spells you cast cost one mana less to cast. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. All to four be perfectly of those honest, things are great. All four of those things are great. Now, it's interesting how in the very particular workshop deck that is the best right now, the Planeswalker thing, I know like people play Jace on turn one in Vintage, right? But, sure. you know, that's like sort of a bonus. So if you've got six mana, which is Workshop, Ancient Tomb, Mox, right? Or Workshop, Workshop. Workshop, Workshop, whatever <laughs> it is that you've got the six mana on turn two, you know? And you drop, and you've got this out. Drawing an extra card, being able to pump more stuff out, and giving all your creatures plus one, plus one, is really sick. Like, because you probably are going to dump your hand, right? Um, and it's going to be all these little creatures, and, you know, maybe one of them is a, a hangerback walker that you run into something, that gets yeah. run into something. No. Um, I thought about something for a second, but that, that it got completely negated because I was like, oh, well, what about when you want to get rid of your um, Arcbound Ravager and it's still a 1-1? One, one? I guess you can just sacrifice the mortal. Sacrifice to itself. <laughs> That's right. You already can sacrifice this. Um, so it is interesting that those very particular things, if you're in if you're in like dump your hand mode, this thing refuels you and just makes the pressure so much greater with, mm-hmm. with, uh, with the creature, with the Anthem effect. And even guards you against like they you get this out and you dump your hand and then they wasteland one of your workshops well you've still got like a cost reducer on the battlefield Mm -hmm. and i don't know again like it's kind of win more-ish right now but like you said you never know what's what they're gonna ban next (laughs) other than the fact that it's not gonna be mr's workshop or restrict other than the fact that it's not mr's workshop yeah i don't think it's gonna be workshop um, oh, there's a captain's hook in this. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> Captain. captain's hook is cool, but it's there's not overly playable. I don't think, right? It's a it's a, it's a piece of garbage. You, yeah, um, it's a it's it's a four mana turn your guy into a pirate with menace. I'm not, yeah, I'm not <laughs> not interested. Let's um let's move on then to another subject quickly. I know we've been on for a while, um, but where should we start? Do you want to you want to do ban a restricted list preview, or do you want to talk about the three big events that just happened? <laughs> Let's let's talk about the three big events, and then we'll end with the ban and restricted stuff. Because I know people want to people want to hear about the ban and restricted stuff, but they're going to have to slog through this uh, this <laughs> ten minute this ten minute talk we're going to have about discussion the, of the of the legacy meta, like yeah. you know, <laughs> as it is. Yeah. Uh, so Grand Prix Santa Clara was Team Trio's legacy. Uh, so the, this, these are these are not these are the legacy decks of the top eight teams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, three Grixis Delver, two Show and Tell. One four color control, one true name bug, one dark depths. So, <laughs> okay, well, let's go up to the other thing. Okay, so then we've got a legacy classic in Columbus. Mm-hmm. So, this should be, this is notable because Star City, uh, they switched up their schedule there. It was, mo- it is mostly modern opens, there are no solo standard opens. It's either it's either team constructed legacy or modern for their opens, and they switched some of the standard classics, which is the day two tournament to legacy. This tournament, this SCG Classic in Columbus, 156 players. That's a lot. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I've been following the SCG attendance. That is more than the average uh, standard version. So we might get some more Star City Sundays, which is which is nice. 
Uh, okay, so this one, top 16, okay. Four Grixis Delver decks. Uh, show and tell. Stor- two Storm decks. Two blue-red Delver decks, including the winner. Mm-hmm. Lands, Mud, Burn, DNT, 12 Post, Merfolk. Did I say Merfolk? Elves, maybe, is the other one I missed. Um, so then, top eight. Okay, so we got those two. Uh, top eight from Magic Card Market Series in, I believe, Frankfurt. Uh, one Check Pile, one Grixis Pyromancer, one Bug Control, one Sneak and Show. One Turbo Depths, one Elves, one Big Eldrazi with the posts, and one what is essentially uh, Workshop Aggro, but it's in Legacy. It's called Men of Steel. Men of Steel. Yeah. So okay, so I'm just gonna okay, so that's our that's our set of the. I mean, we're just gonna do quick reactions. My thing is like there is a ban update on Monday, and I said I'm, I'm, I said when we did our preview, like I'm pretty sure Death Rite's getting axed this year. This this weekend did not help <laughs> i still think that the the problem deck is grixis delver not like check pile and not like the card death right shaman but grixis delver just combines so many things that are hard to beat mm-hmm. uh and it's pretty dominant um the other thing to note was that there's a bit of a show and tell renaissance this weekend yeah um and that turbo depths just jumps in like that deck shows up you know so I, I mean, don't know if you have any. Both of those decks tell game. you one tell you one simple thing is if you put a creature on, on the board that's hard to deal with, either early game, uh, you know, a small guy and play a tempo game, or you just play something that's impossible to remove, you know, that's still that's still good enough to to win you uh games of Magic the Gathering. Right. Uh yeah. so show and tell being the, you know, oh, I'll just put put in this, you know, this guy, you can't deal with it, or or dark depths being like, here's a twenty twenty, you have one turn to deal with it, go. Um, right, you know, right, exactly. Or just playing the playing the game of uh, of of Grixis Delver, where you throw down a guy each turn, and you you stop your opponent from dealing with uh, it for two to three turns, and then the rest of the deck just gets you off of either Pyromancer or True Name. Right. No, I agree. I, I just. Uh... I These mean that's color... that is literally Magic the Gathering right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Legacy at least, right? Yeah. Um, like yeah, these four color decks they don't really bother me. I think they're they're pretty fragile. I think they just you know they just do a lot, right? Yeah, and and they get, I don't, they, I get, don't see, and they, they come and go. That's they get thing. preyed upon by the big red decks that that make their make their way into the format and out of the format as they go as well. The top sixteen of the Legacy Classic, the Star City event, had zero four color control decks. But it had four Grixis Delver decks. Yeah. Which is just so much. And blue red, you know, number one and I think number eight or number nine. So uh good it was obviously good for a good uh tournament for price of progress. Yeah, price I mean, of he, progress he, yeah. he beat he beats lands in the finals. This is the best Delver deck against lands. Um Mud was in this top eight. This is Kildotha Forge Master. This is pretty sweet actually. Uh twelve post deck. Let's see. This was also, the big Eldrazi deck with yeah. Brand Dynamo. I think that's cool that card gets played, <laughs> to be honest. That is a really interesting deck because you're sort of like, ah, what are they going to do? Uh, nice, nice uh, Grim Monolith. Let's see if it beats my Delver, and then they just cast something horrifying. Um, and then in Europe, Europe was, you know, slightly more diverse. With There was no repeat deck, but... Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not, like, down on Legacy right now or anything like that, to be honest. You know, that sort of, like, uh, acceptance, you know? This is yeah. it, you know? I'm well, happy, whatever. It's better than not playing Legacy. Out of out of the, the these top eights, right, um, how many Deathrite Shamans out of these top 24 decks that we have are, are uh, present? We have twenty four decks, sixteen plus eight plus eight. That's yeah. thirty two. Oh, thirty two. Okay, so uh, one, yeah. two, three. Well, let's not count four. the top the top sixteen. Let's just count the top eight from that one. Okay, so in that one, we have one, two, three, uh, one, two, so five, and then the top eight of MKM is other oh, is four actually. But one of them is elves, which is not the deck that people are worried about. If anything, the Star City Classic only had two death rate decks. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So we had nine out of t- nine out of twenty-four, which is about a third. Yeah. And that's just decks playing death rate. That is not the same deck. Yeah, yeah, of course. So nine out of twenty-four. How many Grixis Delver decks were in those? We're in the, t- the same amount. One, two, three. Uh, let's see. I guess four or five. So five out of Five out of the top sixteen were just Grixis Delver in America, and then uh, Europe did not have a did not have the card Delver of Secrets in the top eight, but it did have the card Vault Scourge. Yeah, you know what's crazy? So um, I'm looking at all the uh, at the Turbo Death deck. Uh, a sweet little piece of tech in here. Uh, Sajiri Step. Yep, that's how they get you a lot of the time. You're like, oh, I'll just hide behind these these uh, one one death touch guys. Oh no, what's this? Yeah, that's why. Here's how you play against that deck: counter anything that gets them a land. Counter your counter their expedition maps. Counter their stupid uh, what's it called? Sylvan scrying. <laughs> just counter anything that gets them a land. Anything because that is you are going to lose. It is a land combo. He also has Cabal Coffers, Emrakul. Uh, Urborg as a cyborg plan, which I think is pretty sweet. Yeah, get there. Right? Um, and then I have Ugin. So, I don't know. I mean, oh, he had three death rates, too, which is a weird number. Yeah, yeah, three yeah. death rates, three vampire, one Ramanop excavator. He had green sun zenith, which I think just rounds it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, I people, when they're talking about, when they say death right, they really mean Grixis Delver or yeah. Checkpile, you know? Oh, that's a problem. No, they mean these cards. They mean these decks are problems. And Grixis Delver is not helping itself. Like it's very good. It is. It is the best. It is the best performing deck right now. I don't know if it's the most played or whatever, but it is clearly the best performing deck. So I guess that moves us on to our next topic, which is uh, predictions for the for the ban list on Monday. Well, right. Uh, so Monday is Martin Luther King Day, and you have to work. Um, I don't, but I was like, what if they ban Death Right and True Name on Monday? Are you? Can we do the podcast immediately? Because <laughs> then I want to talk. I don't know if this is going to be it. I don't think this might. I don't think this is going to be the time, though it might be. It gives everyone enough time to get ready for Grand Prix uh, Seattle, which is in April, if they're going to decide to make a move. I'm, I, I'm guessing no changes. I'm guessing no changes to modern. I'm guessing sweeping changes to standard and perhaps something happens in vintage. You think they're going to get rid of something in, what do you think they're going to get rid of in standard? Uh, like energy cards? They're going to, they're going to ban like whatever that card is attuned with ether. Okay. Like it's just, it's just all over the place. Like no one likes it. 
you've got like like i just said like star city's not running standard opens like yeah no they know no one wants to play standard um so even though i kind of think the energy deck is kind of cool i don't play standard you know what i mean it's yeah, kind of funny you, like yeah if you haven't I look at it, like, that's sweet i'll play that in legacy like, <laughs> <laughs> like why not <laughs> um yeah so i think um i think this is going to be the death of death ride shaman I don't think that they have anything like legacy is is fine right now. I don't think they need to get rid of Death Ride Shaman, but I think that they need to shake it up, and that shakes things up. That creates some new decks. That opens that opens the hole for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I think that you're gonna see the banning of what is it Foundry, work Foundry Inspector Foundry Inspector in in Vintage or not the banning but the uh, restriction restriction. Of. You know, one thing that we talk about with, and I've learned my lesson on this, right? In Legacy, they are not surgical. They don't, like, try things. They just, like, this card's a problem. They're going to ban it, which is why I said in our previous show, like, they're going to ban Death right in 2018. There's just no way they're not going to do it. It's just what they're, that's what they're about now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to they're gonna see the format more. In Vintage, they are way more likely to be surgical. And I was thinking about this when I was listening to, like, uh, somebody in Same Plays recap the year in vintage how they first tried to take on like the mentor workshop problem by like restricting gush and getaxian probe mm-hmm. you know i wish they would try stuff like that in legacy in legacy they use the hammer in vintage they use a scalpel you know i wish they would try and like just just tap the brakes on stuff a little bit you know and see if that moves some stuff around like and we talk about gurmag angler which you know people don't agree with us about but Baleful Strix, Snapcaster, something like that, you know, not going right for the jugular with Death Right or Top, you know, like yeah. they didn't even try banning Counterbalance or Terminus, they just, whatever, Top, see ya, and then, great, <laughs> like all these other decks like, just died. What will, what will completely annihilate this deck, and it turns out it didn't even really annihilate Not even close. It, you know, like it not just, instead what it happened was it, it murdered like six other decks that like, like to use that card occasionally. That were hanging by a thread. Yeah. Right? Um... I, I'm just gonna say I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say again. I saw this. Hold on, I gotta get the actual number because I'm on the wrong site. Deathrite Shaman versus Snapcaster Mage. Uh, Deathrite Shaman in 37.80 percent of decks. Snapcaster Mage in 28.52 percent of decks. That's not. I know not the same. Deathrite is a two color card, right? Yeah. Like a green deck can play it. A black deck can play it. There's no like no deck that is only white can play a Snapcaster Mage. It's really creeping up there, <laughs> like, and that's where you that's where you are. Your Death Right versus Snapcaster. Um, now that I've said now that I've mentioned uh, what's it called again, Gurmag Angler. It's not in the top ten. It's down to number twelve. But you know, I, I just card is ridiculous. Yeah, well, a lot of cards, all these, all these creatures in the top here are just stupid. Belfast Strix, Young Pyromancer, Grizzlebrand. Maybe that, my thing with Death Rise, like I'm fine if they take it as long as they take another a blue card as well. I really want them. I'm, I'm really big on this. Like, just get rid of True Name right now. Like, it's just not fun. I've been playing it for like a month now again, and it's just not fun to play with or against. You know. What will the Merfolk players do? The Merfolk players have a little fun with it. You right? can only play Deathrite Shaman. Or Deathrite Shaman. You can only play Trinity Nemesis if you have eight or more Merfolk in your deck. Right. 
Um, I would just like to see some of these, some like three mana creatures, Robin up excavator, uh, Thalia heretic. Some of these cards we've talked about over the past, you know, year change we've been doing this podcast. You can't play them as long as Trina Nemesis leaves because yeah, Trina is just the best at every. It just does everything you want. Yeah, because it doesn't get doesn't get removed. <laughs> like you're tap, you don't you don't have to worry about tapping your three mana and then eating a sword supply shares, right? Yeah, and that's, or, I mean that's a huge blocked. part of part of putting that card down on the board is knowing that your opponent can do nothing about it, and then it warps the sideboards because everyone has to play these negative one negative one effects. And then you know, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot that people have to deal with to make things work properly, just to make that card work. Right. So they take Death Right and True Name. I'm happy. If they also take Grizzlebrand, that would be really interesting. They could. They could do that. I mean, they're going to see a lot of Sneak and Show on their coverage. I heard a rumor that uh, Huey Jensen killed some of the Lightning Bolt at a Sneak and Show. <laughs> I gotta find that. That was been hilarious. Like he just had like a bolt in his deck. And the guy tried to fetch land. He's like, <laughs> He's gotcha. 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 <laughs> how did the guy get to three? So I'm good. sorry, how did the guy get to four? I guess he must have, like... He didn't care. He was just like... Could you imagine, like, beating a grizzle brand and they just pull you? Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, so bad. <laughs> anyway. Well, we'll see you on Monday, right? Yep. All right, I think that's uh, that's it for the night. Yep. Good night, everybody. Have a good weekend and enjoy Rivals of Exelon as much as you can. Yep. Have a good one. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys?